Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. My name is Chloe, and my prayer is that God will speak through me and directly to you over whatever it may be that you're facing in this moment. I hope this will connect with you on a spiritual, personal level, and that you will experience God and His presence in our time together. I upload an episode every week on Wednesdays, so to stay up to date, follow my Instagram at legitchloe, C-H-L-O-E-E, or you can find my handle in the description box below. Also, make sure you follow my podcast on whichever platform you're listening on so you can be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded. Before we get started, you know the drill. Grab your Bible, get your coffee or your tea, whichever you prefer, and get settled in. Before diving into the Word together, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we're able to gather and dig deeper into your Word and really learn what it's like to give you yes in another area of our lives. Father, I pray that you will prepare the listener's heart and and that they will be able to receive what you want to speak to them today. I pray that you will use me as a tool to speak into the life of whoever is listening right now and that you will just do a work in them and prepare them for what you have for them, Lord God. Father, I pray that you will just bless us in our time together and, and that these words won't be mine, but they will be yours. I ask and pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we are entering episode four of our podcast series. Spoiler alert, the answer is yes. And today, we are going to be talking on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, if you can, join me in today's reading in Daniel chapter three. I'm going to begin reading in verse one. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high and six cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, 
Very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. The Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other god can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. We'll stop there. In preparation of this episode, I felt it would be best to read the entire passage at once and then take apart what was said, simply because there's so much packed in that I honestly didn't really know where to stop and discuss what's on my heart to share. A quick summary, we all know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Instead of bowing down to the image of gold King Nebuchadnezzar created, they still gave God their yes to worship him and only him. As a result, they were thrown into the blazing furnace, which, in the end, didn't end up the way the king and everyone else had anticipated. They didn't get hurt, there were no evidence of them being in the fire on their bodies, they were untouched. Then, King Nebuchadnezzar demanded that whoever speaks against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be destroyed. Like I said, so much happened in just one chapter. Here comes my favorite part, taking apart the passage and seeing how we can apply it to our own lives and personal walk with God. In verses 1-7, through seven, chapter 3 of Daniel tells us that King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold and that a command was made to everyone to worship this image. That once they hear the sound of all kinds of music, they were to bow down and worship. Something that was man-made was placed on a higher pedestal than God and people had to worship it. What's your man-made image of gold that you're worshiping in place of God? It doesn't have to be a literal image of gold or something you're literally worshiping. We live in a day and age where we have access to anything and everything we want. 
from social media to the new style trend to the most recent weight loss miracle that you just have to get. Harmless, right? Well, let's view it this way. What does your social media feed look like? Is it an area where you see how much greater everyone else is live seeing and you wish you had that? Is it something that you immediately go on in the morning before your time with God because you need to see what happened while you were sleeping? How much time are you truly spending on it and how much time are you really giving God? We all really need to take steps back and recognize what the world's feet looks like and what God's feet looks like. God's feet is just as constantly being updated, if not more, than the world's. And that's the feed we need to always stay updated in so that He can do what He needs to do. We need to stop worrying about updating people with what we're doing and being updated with what they're doing. And we need to start giving those things to God and focus on what He wants to do in us, through us, for us, and around us. What does your closet look like? Do you care if it's outdated or does it have to have the newest look in it? Are you constantly in a place where you're spending money on something that, in a few months, is no longer going to be quote-unquote in? Are you always trying to see what the newest trend is or are you putting God's newest trends first? God has trends, you might be asking yourself? Yeah, He does. Growing and teaching you so He can reach who He needs to reach through you. That's His trend. But he can't do that if you're too busy seeing what the world is up to and not focusing on what he's up to for you. A trend means to change or develop in a general direction. He could be changing or developing you in a certain area of your life, but if you're not giving him your yes and spending time with him, you're missing out on the greater opportunity God has for you and to ultimately be more like him. And let me say, he really does know how to clothe you and what looks good on you. Consider him as your personal stylist. In Psalm 18 verses 32 through 34, we're told this, It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow for bronze. And in Isaiah 61.10, we're told this, I delight greatly in the Lord, my soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. That is how God dresses us, that's how he clothes us, and he knows what looks good on us. So we need to focus on what's trending for him not what's trending for the world. Now, I'm not saying taking care of your health is a bad thing, because it isn't. We are told in the Bible that our bodies are a temple in which God dwells in. We are told in 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 through 20, do, not, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And in 1 Timothy 4.8, it tells us this, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So we should take care of ourselves, but there is a line that we can cross where we become too obsessive over taking care of ourselves, that we forget who God calls us. In Psalm 139.14, it tells us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And in Song of Solomon 4.7, we're also told we're altogether beautiful, there's no flaw in us. When we lose sight of those truths and focus on the lies, they're slowly becoming an idol whether we realize it or not. 
Now, I'm not just saying that it's just these three things that can be an idol and everything else is okay. These are just a few out of many. So really ask yourself what you have placed before God in your life. I'm sorry to break it to y'all, but unless it has something to do with the Bible or God himself, it's an idol. That is your image of gold. No, you're not singing praises to it or praying to it, but you are dedicating all your time to it. You're giving that thing your yes and not God. God has made it on number two, number three, or anywhere below on your list because he doesn't catch your eye the way other things do. But that's a problem we can fix. Remember this truth. God will always trump those idols, but the enemy will try to use those things to steal God's spot on that mental list. And listen carefully. The enemy can only steal what you let him. In verses 8-18, through 18, King Nebuchadnezzar was told that some people didn't follow his command. Not only that, but three people he has set over the affairs of the province of Babylon did not follow his command. They went against the flow. When confronted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego simply told the king, oh so kindly, that they will never worship the man-made object and that he could throw them into the fire. They had the confidence that God will honor their obedience and deliver them from it and from the majesty's hand. But even if God didn't, they weren't going to follow the flow. They were going to stay against it. Guys, that is how we're supposed to respond. We are supposed to go against the flow. We live in this world, but we are not to be of this world. Romans 12:2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Meaning, we aren't to put our focus on the temporary when we know the eternal. We are just simply passing through and being God's hands and feet in the process. Something I love that these men had were an even-if mentality. We, as believers, are to have confidence that God will rescue and redeem us, but to also have an even-if mindset. We are to have the mindset of, even if this doesn't go as I hope, I will still only praise God and give Him my yes and not give in to the world's ways. Have even-if faith. Ask yourself this question. What's more worth spending your time on? What the world offers, which is temporary, or what God has to offer, which is eternal? Matthew 6, 19-21 tells us, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your heart? What do you treasure most? In these verses, we are told that when we store our treasures in heaven, they will be protected and not destroyed or stolen. But if our treasures aren't stored in heaven, they will be destroyed and stolen. No, we're not talking about physical, material objects. Those things are temporary. We're talking about what's in the heart and how we feed, clothe, and take care of ourselves spiritually. That's eternal. And how we take care of ourselves spiritually will reflect through us physically. We need to set our priorities straight and say yes to making God our first and never move Him from that place. And it doesn't just mean spending some time with Him in the morning. It's an every day, throughout the day, every second commitment. No ands, ifs, or buts. That's what saying yes to God and not an idol looks like. We see the result in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's obedience to only worshiping God in verses 19 through 30. They were thrown into the furnace and it was heated seven times hotter than usual. It tells us that it was so hot it killed the soldiers that brought the three men into the fire. 
but the men didn't face the same fate the soldiers faced. In verse 25, it tells us that four men were walking around in the fire. They were unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. King Nebuchadnezzar was so in awe that he commanded them out of the fire and there were no evidence of them being in the fire. No smell, nothing was burned, there wasn't even a scuff mark on any part of their clothes or bodies. God protected them because they were obedient to him and honored him. Every day we are thrown into our own blazing furnace. That being the world telling us what we need, what we should look like, how we should act, what's more important, those things are constantly scorching us. But as long as we're obedient to Christ and keep our focus on Him, He will too protect us and the flames will not touch us. He will keep us safe and people will see that result and be in awe. They will want to know why you are untouched and why you are safe and why you aren't trembling. The focus will shift. It will go from what the world deems worthy to what God deems worthy. And it's your heart, it's your time, it's your yes. And that's what's going to change the world and you not the material things. Now, I'm not saying having material things or taking care of yourself is bad. It isn't. It's okay to do those things, but it becomes not okay when you are prioritizing all those things before God. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said no to the king and yes to standing firm and putting God first, we are to act in the same way. And in the end, everything else will fall into place just the way God intended it. I can't stress enough how much God is going to use you, your story, in the flames, and your yes to Him to bring others to know the God you serve. He will give you every opportunity you could ask, imagine, and even more so to tell others your story. That even though you too were tempted, you told that thing no and gave God your yes. And yeah, hard things might happen. Actually, they will happen. People may leave, you may lose a job, you may not be considered cool anymore. But that doesn't matter because God brought you out of it. He redeemed you. You walked out of that fire looking like you never went through it. And because of that, you worship him and only him and want others to see his goodness too, so that they could also worship him. God is going to honor you in your yes. I can personally be a testimony to that, but we'll save that for another time. I encourage you to focus on him, his latest trends, what's on his feet, and how he wants to use every part of you because he created you perfectly in his image. So what's that thing you need to say no to? What's an area of your life you need to give God your yes in? Start today, don't wait any longer. Give God that yes and watch what he will do in you, through you, and for you. Here's a challenge. Get some paper and draw a line down the middle. One side, write down what you've been prioritizing over God, and on the other side, write down ways you can put Him first before that other thing. And slowly watch how much more important God will become and how little those other things will matter to you. It's hard to fill a big hole with little things when only our big God can not only fill it, but also make it overflow abundantly with blessings, opportunities, dreams, and so much more than what you could think or imagine.